What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 157 of the Disc Golf Podcast. My name is Robin. Alongside me, my longtime friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. King Boo came back! Joe's favorite disc in all the world, which, coincidentally, I custom-dyed for him, which is probably the main reason why it's his favorite disc, was returned to him by a good Samaritan disc golfer. You know... It yes, I I do think the dye adds a ton to it, but it also helps that it's an OG glue FD. No, it's mostly the personal connection of your best friend dying it for you and like spending his, you know, hard earned time and energy and resources to make a, you know, nice custom piece of artwork for you. That's that's it. It's not it has nothing to do with the mold and the rarity of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> not at all. Like if it was a uh a DX Banshee, <clears throat> I probably would love it just as much. Quick uh, quick fact on the OG Glow FD. It was actually originally commissioned by Brody Michael, um, who coincidentally sent us the habit right. on last week's episode. And he went to Discmania and he said, you know, I really want a fairly firm glow version of the fairway driver, the FD, the Jackal. And I think it would really help with the stability. I think you guys should do that. And, and they said, I, you know what? You're a respected member of the disc golf community. And uh, we think you're totally right. And please put that wang away. <laughs> Don't hurt us. <laughs> and they said, and they said, yes, we'll do it. He said, one more thing. After you make this run, I don't want you to ever be able to make them that fly like this again. Exactly. Yeah. He wanted to make sure it was the... So uh, from now on, it's going to be the the uh, Brody FDs. Yep, Brody Glow. The the Brogy. Brogy OD. Brogy, Brogy Glow FDs. FD. Yep. So uh, thank you, Brody. We appreciate him doing that. That was, I mean, not only sending us a disc, but having that sort of historic accomplishment. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. It's a it's a disc that's amazing, and I was lucky enough in the short time away from uh, King Boo. Uh, I was able to purchase another OG glow to add to the the wall of the the just in case wall. Yeah. So now we're now we're feeling safer. Yeah. I mean, God, we're so sick. By the way, I totally uh-huh. uh, honestly I lost a di- disc when I played at Stafford. Um, sir- Again? Yeah. Stafford's your nemesis. Well, it was tall grass. And it was just a bad. It was just bad news, and it like landed in a blind spot, so we couldn't even see like where it landed. We just heard it. Yeah, and after like five minutes of walking, I was like, "Listen, I can replace that, no problem. <laughs> I don't want to do any more of this." Like, it was like on hole sixteen to like time two, to go. Two holes left. I was yeah. like, "I don't need to spend. Uh, I don't need to spend twenty five minutes looking for a pretty darn fresh pinnacle rampage." Yeah, Stafford eats rampages, by the way. Yeah, I'm you- pretty positive I've lost three now at uh, Stafford. For those curious, uh, Stafford is a course in Nevada, California. Uh, awesome course. There's footage on it uh, of CCDG, um, but Stafford Lake, a great course. If you're just wondering what Joe oh, yeah. is referring to, yeah, uh, and that's where I lost King Boo, and it was returned. Um, it was yes. it was an amazing moment when I received the text message, and the uh, nice person who returned it like sent a picture like to let me know he was safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's been a good strategy of yours to drop the E on your name on the discs yeah. so that people think Ooh, like... Maybe it's a sexy lady. Possibility it could be a lady. So I think that's been that's worked out well. Yeah, so, you know, it's smart moves. It's been great. And like the little heart that you put at the end also kind of helps. Well, I, I made the O into just a heart. That's true. <laughs> so it's like J-Heart. J-Heart. Like, ah, Joe, that's probably it. Sure. And it works sure, out. Sure, why not? Um. No, like that's a disc that you see and you're like, oh shit, someone, someone needs this back. Yeah. Like sometimes when I like, I'll stumble upon like, uh, a Blizzard Destroyer. Yeah. With yeah. like three different names scratched out of it, and uh-huh. I'm like, I'm just gonna turn this into the booth. Like, <laughs> I'm not. This will be okay. Yeah. No one's. No one's desperate to get no, this guy back. No, absolutely. There's there's ones that you're like, yeah, this is like one of the like the the three or four Innova discs that often distance drivers mostly that end up in starter packs. So like beasts, bosses, oh, destroyers, yeah. 
like that you see all the I'm time. Pretty much, if I find a DX, I'm like, I'm gonna put it on top of a basket and, yeah. and leave this alone. It's gonna be okay. Like, someone is fine without. Like, this. does anyone actually throw DX aside from putters that is actually good? All rocks. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And other than that, no. Yeah. Granted, I do. Th- I have a D line FD. No, that's true. I mean, they have their place. The eagle throws a D-line FD. And I'll tell you this right now. The D-line FD, every time I throw it, I'm like, this is the right choice. And every time I pick it, I'm like, I hate you. You feel like shit. I don't <laughs> like this. Um, but I know you're going to fly this certain way. Um, but I hate you, and I don't like how you feel, and you're dumb. Yeah. Um, but you're still in my bag, and I'm going to throw you. But yeah. once again, you're dumb and stupid, and I don't like you. It's a, it's, it, it is one of those plastics that it ha- it serves a purpose. I get it. It just doesn't feel. It's a gross base plastic too. Like there's other manufacturers, base plastic are totally fine. Pro D is by comparison. But then again, I guess we've never touched anything outside of putters and Pro D and maybe mid ranges. I know I have a I have a Pro D buzz up there somewhere. I said mid ranges and putters. Oh, okay. Well, I, I again, fairway drivers and drivers. I don't understand the need to totally to to rock a full, full on base plastic. And that's purely because I haven't bought an a P line FD, which I'm sure as soon as I like buy that, I'll be like, never mind D, get the fuck out of here. I have one of those. I haven't thrown it yet because I, I don't I don't see how I'd work it into the system of like understate under stability. Like I'd be hoping that it was a significantly more understable than my other FDs in S line or in, in C line plastic. But I also have you know, nicely beat in S line one, and I have a, yeah, that's true. A low weight uh, C line one, and and I just I, I yeah, I guess if I had your yellow jackal, there would be no reason for me to have a D line. Yeah, FD. so um, I, I I still I get it, like it beats in fast. I'm sure there are people that make use of it, but oh, it's it's not even the beat, like it's out of the box. It was a yeah. roller, and that oh, was yeah. why it was. That's why it stayed in my bag. So I guess if you really wanted right out of the box you needed it to be super understable that'd be that'd be the way to go yeah and then it hits like the first rock and it's totally no done. i totally hit i hit something i hit a rock or a tree or something in portland and it like tacoed a little bit and i was like well okay yeah neat neato all right well we've got a great show for you guys tonight we are going to recap the ledgestone open uh, we are going to uh, talk about the Dynamic Discs Toonie, sponsored by Latitude 64, which is hilarious. We have two different discs. One is the uh, first part, and then it's sponsored by another company, which are technically linked. Yeah. But, like, did we really have to? Couldn't it be, like, the the Trilogy Toonie Challenge or something like that? Well, how many times have we seen, like, the Innova blah, blah, or the Heiserbaum powered by innova like it's pretty much the same crap yeah it, it it's pretty actually much it's actually a little bit cleaner than like the whatever open uh sponsored by heiser bomb powered by innova yeah like i like this title better than that yeah i guess um you know but we'll we'll talk a little bit about that it's in progress um so there's already a round in the books and by the time this podcast drops another round will be in in progress at a minimum is is Grady Shoe there? Uh, I don't believe so. No, oh, I, I know the uh, I sponsored by Lat Eagles over there, and uh, I I believe I saw a, a one Greg Barsby. No, it was uh it was um uh what's his face? Dude has crazy weird weird form. Uh, Oakley, Eric Oakley. Okay, I was like, was, was there's a there. handful. There's a, there's a few mats on tour right now. And then, that crazy and form. then all the usual suspects in the the European circuit. So we we got those guys over there. So we'll hit that, and then we have our world famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we review them both, and let you know whether you should bring on the course tonight. We have the Prodigy A2, and we're gonna pair that with Fly Me Away by Coop Ale Works, which is a seven point six percent. Uh, IPA, which was both actually were sent to us by Austin Neely. So uh, in sl- in our Slack group, our Disc Golf Podcast Slack group, which is an awesome place, you should be there. Uh, he is dyslexic, so that's his his thing. So word, good times, awesome dude. Thank you, uh, thank you, Austin. And uh, we we very much looking forward to reviewing both of these on the show. We are, we are indeed. So and 
I I should mention also, Austin. While you are cool, you're no Brody. I mean, he's working on it. He's trying, but but you know, Brody is just like a whole nother level of human. That to be honest, most of us could try our whole lives to to try and be him, and would probably fall short, fail miserably. He actually, when we had the idea to start this podcast he was like you know i was going to do that but i'll let you guys do it it's going to be okay he gave, he gave it would have been a better show if it would have if we just but we let, appreciate him for that let him run with it but he was gracious just said you know what instead i'll send you discs and beer and you can do your own show and i appreciate you and uh we appreciate him yeah so ledgestone insurance open uh, Eureka Lake, a uh, a famously OB riddled course in Peoria, and um, this is the the first time we'll see this course this year, and we'll see it another time, which will be Worlds in about like six weeks, right thereabouts. So Worlds is is rapidly approaching. It is. It is. And uh, I think though. Uh, it won't be that the worlds won't be all on this Lake Eureka course, right? It'll be a, another one that's. I believe there's two other courses. There's one that's not super red, so there'll be uh, there'll be a little bit more than Lake Eureka. So good times on that. But uh, th- we talked about it last episode. Both of us are kind of a little bit meh on this on this course. Uh, I I will step forward and say um, my mind was changed. Some. Oh, do tell what 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 changed your mind? Because the course didn't really change. No, maybe I was just more open to it. I don't know what it was, and maybe I mixed it up with a different course. I'm not sure, but uh, there were pieces of it that I I really did enjoy. Um, and maybe it's probably just watching how well the pros played it. Yeah, that made me like it more because I feel like it was still super treacherous. It was still super windy, but they just executed a lot better this year than I feel like they have in the past, and that made me. It gave me hope. Not that I could ever play like that, but um. Well, the other thing was that it was pretty wet. Um, also things like stuck. So I, I think uh I think things stuck a little bit a little bit better than they may have in the past okay but uh i mean i i enjoyed it um listen let's just get down to it this tournament was a ruse it doesn't matter in the grand scheme this was just a big damn commercial for the big z luna you're right like that's the the purpose like paul didn't care about winning this tournament paul just wanted to sell them big z lunas yes and I guarantee he sold a shit ton of Big Z Lunas. You know, I personally resisted. I uh, I I didn't I didn't uh, feel the need to actually buy one because I'm like, you know what? This is just a marketing ploy. And he didn't need to throw that 450 50. feet yeah. on on that one hole. It, that, that's I I, I couldn't do that. I don't need that disc. Um, I, Robin, okay. you, you know that uh, we both have access to the Disc Golf Podcast email, right? Um. I thought I changed the password. <laughs> nope. Uh, so you know, I like saw your infinite receipt. Um, that wasn't me. That was fraud. You oh, sh- you should report <laughs> that. Fra- it was fraud that someone went on and yes, you should. We should bought a, a trespass and a should, big Z Luna. We should get to the bottom of that right we away. We should. We should. Oh, we should. I also saw that like the shipping confirmed and. It's coming. We should we should uh, find out that this is a serious issue. We we've been hacked and call um, infinite. Say I don't understand how someone could get in here and order Big Z Luna and send it to my house. I'm very. Uh, this is what I'd like you to do about it. I would like you to put the money back, um, but just let me keep that disc for I'm, my troubles. I'm legitimately upset and concerned right now because I I don't recall having that happen and i specifically remember talking to you and saying these big c lunas are a bunch of hype and like it's not really a big deal it's pretty much like a roach and why would we why would we buy into that like oh we there's no we like there's i i I didn't care it was a discussion between the both of us no and and you were like well we should get one i was also like oh i also don't care about roaches (laughs) 
And you're like, but, um, well, our account was hacked. <laughs> no, you were like, well, I think we should get at least one for the podcast. And I was like, nah, nah, it's not. Let's let this blow over. It's not going to be a big deal. And, you know, clearly now we've been hacked and someone bought a Big C Luna on our account. And that's that's really sad. Yeah. And um, I what I don't understand is why they would ship it to my house. And that I still haven't quite put that. I know wild thoughts. That together. Wild thoughts. Yeah. Well, I'll come. I'll come over when it gets here. You let me know. I will come and I'll make sure it goes in the trash and you never can touch it. You know, I'll I'll handle it. <laughs> It'll be okay. I'll make sure that it makes it to the appropriate uh, place, which is my under my pillow. You mean into the basket? Yeah. That's, wow. <laughs> it's gonna make it onto the main show, huh? Yeah. Well, that's the sound of uh, uh, just kidding chains. Everyone knows that. If you've been listening a long time, you know that that's the exact sound of of all chains. Yeah, and uh, I should note that no chains were hurt in the uh, in the disc hitting of those chains. I can't. And the sound that you heard. I don't know. I got it online. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could guarantee that. I don't know. You had to just like squeeze the chains to get that sound. Yeah, I just like threw discs at it with a microphone next to it, and that's what I got. Got it. That's a uh, that's great. So, uh, Ledgestone Insurance Open. Uh, let's uh, start with MPO. How much did you do? You watch a good amount of it. I watched, it, a, good, I watched a decent amount. I watched a little live. I, I watched a good chunk of post produce. I think the biggest news though, before I even get into like the finishing, uh, was that Eagle went out uh, first round. With like a shoulder impingement. Yeah, which I'm calling fake news because he's over there slaying. I was just about to say I didn't even look. I haven't looked at scores, but he's playing. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's uh he's pretty much uh Brody slapping the the field. What happened was he got there and he had a later card and he already saw how Paul finished and he was like, I'm just going to Europe. Yeah, I'm just gonna go to Europe now. I think it's cool, but like there's a lot of OB here. I'll, and, I'll check like, y'all later. I I got a flight to catch. It's like a kind of long flight. Well, was Paul through? Was eleven down before he or he was? I guess they started similar time, but Paul was doing work when he started his round. Oh, here that's that's what. Oh no, okay, yeah. He's like, you do you know how far the flight is to Finland? My shoulder hurts. I gotta go. Like go to round one. I want. I just want to see how for uh for Ledgestone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Paul was doing pretty good by the time he even stepped onto the course. So he was probably just like, nah, my yeah. shoulder is a little funky. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Europe. Yeah, and uh, he's doing just fine. Like four days later. So I yeah. don't know. Well, I, he said that too when he pulled out. He said like he wanted to preserve himself for because he's gonna be he's playing like. Multiple tournaments in Europe. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. Good for him. I don't know about good for him, but okay. I get it. I mean, it's really... He saw Paul was destroying, honestly, and was like, okay. I'm not going to win this. (laughs) I'm going to just... That's not true. There's no way Eagle thought, I'm not going to win this. He probably had some discomfort in his shoulder and just decided that it would be best to play it safe with a, a, a big European swing that is a huge deal because his sponsor is, you know, Discmania. Right. And, and Paul was slaying and... That's true. I guess we... I mean, we are normally what we like to consider um, professional disc golf journalists. But we could suspend that for this episode and take the irresponsible take that... Eagle McMahon is not actually injured and was just intimidated by Paul, got scared, and quit the tournament. Remember that time that Gru uh, purposely missed a putt so he didn't have to be on a card with Paul? Exactly. Yeah. Looking real. It's uh could be a thing. Could be a thing, people. So that's that. But yeah, Paul uh was pretty much shredding the whole time in this tournament. Um, There was like a hint of weakness at the beginning of the final round where he wasn't birdieing everything. He wasn't bogeying. Right. And he made a huge putt to save par off after an OB bounce. He, like he wasn't, there were, there were openings for Ricky to do some things. 
he had a, a single bogey in there um and and it seemed like Ricky had some chances to uh to to make some things happen but Paul just kept making the putt that he needed to uh to to keep Rick at bay and um and you know keep the lead I mean he ended up winning by by five strokes yeah. but there was early moments in that uh, that fifth round, but every time Paul made a mistake, Ricky made another mistake or a worse mistake, and uh, it just didn't seem like Rick quite had it. And then Paul just went on a crazy run, birdieing the the final ten holes. So, um, and and just really the moment you thought you're like, oh, I don't know, this could be a thing, like, and then nope, I'm just gonna birdie everything. And it was almost like one of those. Like it was a little shaky, but he still had a good sized lead, and Rick wasn't capitalizing. And you're coming into that final nine, and you're like, ah, well, like Paul's going to win. Like, do I really need to watch this? And yes, you do, because because Paul absolutely shredded and yep. and was just freaking lights out. Yeah, so, yeah. It was it was fun to watch, fun to watch Paul do that, and I have a hard time. And all you can think about with this, knowing that that some of the rounds for Worlds will be played at this course, it is it possible that Paul's not your world champ? Like, I, I, he he's playing so dominant, he's obviously locked in mentally, and he's physically healthy. We don't have any issues with like the back injuries that we talked about in in the past, and it, the discs are working well with him. His discraft bag is is clearly going great for his game yeah he doing work with the uh, zeus yeah the uh oh that's right we yeah. should mention that so <laughs> discraft this week announced that the kong is going to be renamed the zeus because i guess the kong wasn't uh as you know dominating and godlike godlike of a name for uh for a Paul Macbeth uh, distance driver but they're still going to drop the anix so it, it onyx whatever the ain't <laughs> it looks like anix to me <laughs> anix onyx and anax Exa- regardless like <laughs> dumb name like yeah dumb like why 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 i love that the discraft put out a press press release for it too where it's like explaining why you might rename a disc, and I'm like, I just tell me you renamed it. Just, I don't care. And like, they they did done. like a like a comic book style graphic of like did they? I just fuck. there was like a comic book style graphic of Zeus like defeating King Kong. I saw like the news like feed, bolt. but I was like, I'm not gonna look at this. I don't care. It's the Zeus now. Cool. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> just like uh, all right. Like, how did that conversation go down? Uh, Zeus has a huge dick too. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Listen, guys, I get that we named it the Kong, but I just don't think that that's quite becoming of the you know true godlike disc golf force that I am, and I think my driver needs you know a a, a more powerful name. Should have named it the Brody. <laughs> Should have named it the Brody. You know, I heard that Brody actually was really against this name change. <laughs> He was like, at least fucking change the name of that Anix shit. <laughs> he was like, this this doesn't make any sense. Why would we change the name of the Kong? That's a great name. We should change the name of the Anthrax disc to something else that makes... Oh, sorry. Onyx. Yeah. I, I just... I still can't get it right. What happened was they uh, wanted they wanted to keep it Kong, and they really wanted to call the Onyx uh, the Dong... Yeah, and they just weren't having it. So, like, fine, we're gonna change both names. That Kong, 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 Kong. It would've been sweet if, like, Paul's main disc, the Kong and the Dong. <laughs> what? But that what do you mean happen. that was an innuendo? We didn't. It, no. It's a wait. I I can't think of anything else that a dong could be. So. It's like a, a dongle on your keychain for like your USBs. Everyone knows that. Yeah, it's a so that that's what it is. It's definitely not some sort of sexual innuendo for for anything. No, but uh, you know Zeus, the uh, the Greek god of like you know pretty much everything. Everything, yeah, like god of gods, father of gods, lightning, 
had numerous mistresses and and uh, banged hella broads and had yeah half god children, which makes sense for Paul. He's uh, a notorious. Oh wait, no, he's not. He's pretty much. Never mind. That's a no. He's oh, you're right. Yeah, he's yep. definitely married. Oh yeah, very yeah. much so. Yep. Yeah. And I would probably say if he believed in a god, it wouldn't be a Greek one. I, I'm guessing that's that's accurate based on just some social media stuff that I've seen and sweatshirts I'm, and whatnot. I'm guessing he's not into you know, you know what I think would be referred to as pagan gods such as Zeus. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Over my head, I don't know what's <laughs> happening now. <laughs> but he is good at disc golf. He's real good at disc golf. He he could be referred to as a disc golf god in 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 some cases not a brody level disc golf guy right but right uh he's he's real good he's real good um uh, so like right now if paul were to say you know what i'm done for this season like my knees bother me or i want to focus on something else whatever or um I'm testing just whatever. If he stepped away right now, this far into the season, I would say he still has a great chance of walking away at the end of the season as like the the best disc golfer in the world. Without playing worlds? I'm just throwing out like No, absolutely not. If 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 he didn't if he doesn't play and win worlds, he does not get that that distinction. I don't think he has to win worlds to get that distinction. I, you're, I mean, you're right, I mean, I mean. Okay, take it. I take it back. Not the best disc golf in the world, but like had the best season. No, he has to. He, he could, doesn't have he to win. World. He has to play. He doesn't have to win worlds. No, but he can be a top five in worlds with this season. Right now, there's still so much disc golf to be played. We still have NTs. We got worlds. We've got lots to go. Uh, where do you put um, USDGC versus worlds? Um, I mean, Worlds is, it, in my opinion, a obviously, the, yeah, I I think so. I mean, USDGC is a big deal, um, but but Worlds is your world champion. Yeah, I so. I almost feel like some of the the big NTs, um, the courses they play are a bigger deal to me than USDGC. There's more like clout and whatnot with USDGC, but yeah. the course and whatnot. Well, I mean, that's the nice thing about USDGC is that it's played on Winthrop Gold every time. You yeah. know, and so the the course becomes part of the the lore and 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 it, what draws it to you to the signature holes and all the water hazards and and all that sort of stuff. So, um, USDGC is a big deal, no doubt. But but Worlds is is the real deal. I mean, that's for world champions. So that's that's how it's got to be. Yeah. That's it. You, 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 I, 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 I felt like you had an it. opinion because you asked me. No, like, I didn't really. I just, I just more so mean like. Uh, so say, like last year, the winner of worlds is is totally someone random. Random. Um, I, I, I don't think that makes their title less, but I do think it um, still puts that argument in there that he's had the best year. Yeah. Um although I'll tell you right now if Girthy comes in and wins worlds and also like with what he did at uh Santa Cruz he, purely cuz it's him, I feel like there's a little more fun argument there for like best year just because sure. like that versus years past. I I could and see And the bar set pretty high for Paul. I could see that, but at the same time like what like like the le- of the last like five, six, seven world championships, you're basically talking Paul and Ricky and Greg Barsby and Bar. Yeah, totally. So right. Oh, that's because what he's got four, three, so eight. Last eight. So something along those lines. I, right, because there was got, nobody else. It's a, at a minimum, it's five of the last six. So, um, at well, a, at a minimum, Rick has two. Rick has two, yeah. So, so six or seven because I don't think there's anybody in between. Could could be, could be. I think it's. I think Barsby was the first one. I think it was one of those two. Yeah. Every year at Worlds. So I mean, 
like uh, Barsby, obviously absolute outlier type type season. I would be shocked if someone other than than Eagle, Paul, or Ricky won Worlds. I I just I would be shocked. I I don't think that we can have another another uh, outlier world championship like that. And on that same note, I would be shocked if anyone other than Paige or Cat won oh, on, yeah, on the FPO totally. side. So I, I think that while that was awesome to see last year with Paige Bierkus winning and Greg Barsby winning, having that happen the same year was wild. Having two like seemingly like, not just underdogs, like nobody was even really talking about it type, yeah, type players. Yeah, totally. Um, nobody even expected it, and I just don't think that we'll see that again. I think that you'll see the uh, the top players, the top rated players, uh, come out on top. And I'd be very interested to see whether Eagle or Rick can can take Paul down. But I think this is just well. A, we'll see. Just like you said, there's a lot left. I think there's yeah. a few players that are starting to come on hot right now. That um, yeah. By the time we hit like. By the time Worlds hits, Seppo could very easily be yeah I, in Seppo that conversation. I just I feel like this is this is a Paul Paul is just an unstoppable force right now, disc golf wise. I think that both you know not winning last year, losing to Ricky the previous two years, and and all of the doubt that he dealt with. He has just the biggest chip on his shoulder, and. And he's playing incredibly, and he seems healthy. I, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against Paul okay. on anything. Another, and like, I know there are people who hate Paul, but I'm going to keep going on the Paul train. Sorry. Say Paul takes another NT uh-huh. and takes Worlds. It's not a grand slam, but due to the 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 competition this year, is it a better year than 2015? Um. No, I don't think so. Just because the Grand Slam is is so awesome. No, totally. Grand Slam is great, but I do feel like competition is is much. It has better. increased. It's increased, and he very well. Um, it could... let me take it. Let me take. Let's take a step back. Is Paul playing better right now? Yes, absolutely. than he did in twenty fifteen. Absolutely. That's that's and, more and so where I was the, going. The ratings would tell you that too. Um, what the way he's playing rating wise? I mean, he's basically playing ten sixty golf. Um, uh, yep. disc golf and it's that's you know basically like he's likely going to have I think he's like 1054 or something like he's that. he's throwing like 13s down on disc golf valley like non-stop <laughs> but no he's he's going to his rating is going to go up and possibly go up to you know a, a record for him so uh it, he's from a rating standpoint, Paul is playing better than than he ever has, and I I think it could be the case that from a pure like play standpoint, yes, you could say he he could set up to have the best season he's ever had, but at the same time, you know those the uh, I guess yeah the banners I, I hang forever yeah, type I, thing. I guess, you're you're right. You're right. I think and like you just said, really at the end of the season, the season rating will let us know really. Yeah how good this is and we can compare it to um but at the same time better competition drives ratings up a yeah. little too yeah totally well and his putter is just on fire we still have not no, talked totally. really anything and so about with it. all that said uh just so you know paul didn't win no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i guess we'll get back to ledgestone but uh in uh first place paul Macbeth at 31 down and in second place, we have Ricky Wysocki at 26 down. And then we have Kevin Jones in third place at 23 down. And then tied in fourth place, we have Garrett Gerthy and Reed Frescura, the uh, the water skipper. Oh, yeah. That's when he came to light last year at Ledgestone was like, oh, who is this dude? And Remember, he, that was like a huge talking and point. He done, and he done did it again. He and did. And it was beautiful. Yeah. So at 16 down for, for both of them. And then Emerson Keith in sixth place at 14 down. Uh, Matt Bell in seventh place at 13 down. Uh, Simon Lazat in eighth place at 12 down. And then in ninth place, we have Andrew Marweed at 11 down. And 10th place, Jeremy Colling, 
Nice to see Big Germ in a top 10. Yeah. I feel like it's been a while. And he threw a shit final round. Yeah, he, he really did. I mean, it wasn't like terrible, but not not great. And right? not and he threw two rounds much better than that. Yeah. So uh, on to FPO. Uh, this was, at, you know, we've spent a lot of this year talking about how great Cat uh, has been playing. And really, the last three weeks, yep, it's been the, the Paige Pierce show. And she has really kind of come on here and shown that it's not just a Katrina Allen show this year. I, I belong here, too. And we've got what I consider to be a real kind of two-horse race. And the scores here really show that. It was, uh, here's one, two, and then there's everybody else. Yep. And we said that's exactly what it was going to be. Yeah, pretty much. And so we have Paige Pierce in first place at 25 down. We have Katrina Allen in second place at 23 down. Now, hilariously, on I don't know if you saw this, but in uh, uh, Paige Pierce had basically had the the tournament wrapped up on the final hole. She all she had to do was lay up. Oh, and she still ran for the it, win for sure. And she either ran it and she made it, but she absolutely did not need to. Um, and there was a chance of a roll away and and stuff like that, or she accidentally made a shot when she was trying to lay up. I, I don't know. It certainly looked like she was trying to make the putt. I yeah, have no well, idea why she would. And she did. Why she would do that. But it literally made zero sense. Um, you know, Kat, Kat had missed her her uh, her birdie putt at that point and, and had a, you know, bit of a, a long putt to get back. So, um, yeah, it didn't, didn't make much sense. But nonetheless. <laughs> Just made a putt. That was that was uh, Paige's putt. Yep, going in for the win. So it, a lot of fun, but it I can't wait to see how this shakes out going forward. And it, it's great seeing the two of them battle back and forth. So and from a, a com- competition standpoint, and from the tournaments, you know, having in MPO we have uh, that elite tier of Paul, Eagle, and Ricky, and then in FPO we have Paige and Katrina. Yeah, but I feel like so there's the elite tiers in each, um, but like the tier two in FPO is oh, very different than yeah, the tier two exactly. in MPO. Yeah, I was just about to get to that exact point, which is that in MPO there's a tier two that is capable of winning. And there's a tier three that's capable of winning. And a tier three that's capable of winning. In FPO, I don't think that's the case. Nope. And maybe we're not giving enough credit to to players like Sarah Hokum and stuff like that that that, and, and you know Birkis, that have won in the past and Birkis, the the defending champion but i mean Paige Pierce first place 25 down Katrina Allen second place 23 down Jennifer Allen third place 13 down so um you know we're talking 10 stroke difference between second place and third place i mean that's that's huge yep. and this is where they're going to be playing for worlds and and to just step back to MPO for one second, that talking about the discrepancy in strokes is another like point to how dominant Macbeth's win was. Yeah, a five stroke win over elite talent is is nuts. Um, it was also nice to see that uh, the the layout that they did for FPO resulted in scoring. Yeah, I I don't think that it's a lot of fun like. Watching FBO and I watched I didn't watch all of it, um, but I did watch some and it was nice to see birdie opportunities and birdies and scoring. I think that's a lot more fun than watching uh, you know, FPO uh players struggling for par on a hole designed for people that throw five hundred and fifty feet. I don't want to watch me play Milo. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think this was great and I think that that's Not, what let me take a step back. Uh, the women are better than me. Yes, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, but y'all y'all gets it. Yeah, I I think that that's it. it that's what we want to see. We want to see them uh, showcase their talents and uh and score birdies. I think that's really what what disc golf's all about. So I I applaud the fact that that the course was designed as such. So word that was that was good stuff. Um. So any other kind of final thoughts on? On the ledge stone, uh, we had. Uh, I mean, we'll see it again in a little bit. So on kind of. uh, on uh, Jomez, we had 
uh, Jeremy Colling and, and Nate Perkins doing commentary. And then on CCDG, it was, I forget who it was, but it was no Ian. Um, and it was oh, Kevin Jones and, uh, oh God, who was the other one? Uh, I didn't want to was it maybe Earhart? I think it was Brian Earhart. Okay. Um, could be totally wrong on that. Fuck. It wasn't Orem or... No, 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 no. Was another prodigy boy? Oh, th- yeah, it could have been. But um, I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the latter, even though I can't remember exactly. I don't know. Kevin Jones is is really good, really good on the mic. He is. Um, he may be like one of my favorites. I- I'm upset that we didn't get more Eagle after early in the year because he was super fun. Um, and I think you've pointed out before, and I think this is where you're going. Uh, Germ needs an opposite. He does. Nate Nate Perkins and Jeremy Colling together, while there's nothing wrong with either of them, but they are way too similar of a commentator, and therefore you kind of there's no real uh, you know give and back take. And forth, yeah. There's no there's no back and forth. The the rapport, while they are comfortable with each other seemingly, but it kind of stalls out from time to time and. And there's not really any, any, uh, you know, granted, I think Nate Sexton can make any other person seem like a, you know, a good commentary pairing because he's just so right. I put, I would put Ian in that same boat. Yeah. You know, like they, they, he can just work well with just about anybody, but at the same time, Nate and Jeremy have a very similar style and I feel like something a little bit more contrasting would, would be a little bit better for for the two of them so maybe pairing you know nate perkins with with somebody else and pairing jeremy calling with with somebody else whether it's a, well you need a color you need a straight man like that's the that's the the deal yeah it's been happening in pro sports forever forever and um, it works and and germ is a is a color commentator yeah exactly so and uh yeah i and i like nate there's no problem and the the germinate thing was just kind of like okay we have big sexy that's fantastic we yep. we don't need to do a name combination for everyone that gets on the mic like well, that's not do they did big german we can we of- can have big sexy commentary we don't have to apply that to to everyone else like we could just have that but we but we could like like we don't we don't have a combined name thing for our show here and we don't need one well, I mean, we kind of do. It's called the Disc Golf Podcast. Well, I know, but that's that's like a you know the name of the show, right? We don't have to have like a like a tag team name. Drobin? <laughs> no. Jobin. Jobin. <laughs> totally Jobin to that. Done, Jobin. <laughs> Boom! You're welcome, world. But so we're not going to come up with like a cool one when we finally do commentary on a on a. <laughs> It's going to happen someday. I mean, we someday. just did. No, like, it's going to happen someday. We're going to do commentary on a disc golf video. <laughs> like, someday. We've talked about it for so long. Like, there's no way it can't eventually. Just, it's It lives in the same world of King Boo, where, like, Boo's going to come back. We, are, at some point, are going to do it. Someday, Ian's going to be like, fine, shit. Okay, here. Take care of the send it back. And then he's be like, I can't use this. This is awful. All you guys did is like make <laughs> fart jokes and talk about dicks and titties. Like, <laughs> I can't put that on my channel. I can't, I can't do that. I'm like, I'm sorry, Ian. I'll, I'll drink like three less beers next time. Really? You guys thought Hard Brown was a good nickname for you two? <laughs> what? It's a combination of our last names. Yeah, dude. it's all good. I mean, I feel like we've got our shit down. I think I'm definitely color, and you're the straight man, like without a doubt. Like in, in our commentary, well, I don't know. I I just said hard brown. It's so. true. Well, we so I think our dynamic works very well because uh, I am the straight man for anything like regular disc golf. Are you're the straight man for regular disc golf? And then when shit gets weird, we flip. <laughs> we very, you quickly just jump in and go deep into the weird, and I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's stop. Let's just, that just got let's just move real on. weird. <clears throat> so we've got disc golf going on in Finland at the moment. We have the the uh, Toonie sponsored by Latitude sixty four, presented by Dynamic Discs. <laughs> yeah, 
that. And uh, it's in progress. Round one is in the books. And I don't, I guess we won't really spoil it. Um, and we should have coverage. I'll look here on the, on the info this, tab. This golf guy, I believe, will be doing coverage. I believe you're right. Um, and we'll, we'll pull that up here shortly. But uh, yeah, so media coverage, we have SM Productions. Ooh. Uh, which I've never, I'm not familiar with, and then uh, post produced for both SM Productions and the Disc Golf Guy. It says live by NBDG. So, okay, whoa, someone's trying to step on our shit right there. The Frisbeer guy. Yeah, no, he's nice. I think he he is. He's yeah, cool. Totally. Yeah, and he's a European guy, so he is. Get after it. Yeah, he's good dude. So. That's all good. So I, I don't think we'll do scores, but we I will mention that we've got uh, Eagle out there, and then we have Eric Oakley, and I think those are the only two Americans. I want to say, uh, just just those two. So dang, um, I U Disc isn't letting me sort by nationality. So thanks U Disc. They don't see nationality. Yeah, probably not. That's 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 an okay thing, but uh, I I will say. Uh, Eagle's shoulder uh, appears to be fine. And uh, Seppo, where are you at, bro? Like, th- those are my two comments. Is he not playing? No, he's there. Oh, he's, just, he's just not where, where we think he can should you, be. Can you? It's uh, We don't have to tell anybody, but I want to see. I'm still scrolling. Let's put it that way. Scrolling and scrolling. Oh, my goodness. What yeah. are you doing, my man? Yeah. It's not actually that huge of a difference. They're just, I think a lot of people shot really well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah, bad news. Right so. right after I was like, Seppo could take Worlds. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's There's still, still time. He's still, There's, yeah. he's still plenty of time. Yeah. Plenty of time. All right, Joe, are you ready to uh, to do a deer review? You don't want to do picks for the Toonie? No, I don't. Eagle, Eagle, and, and don't think that's a good idea. Eagles going to win. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, Timu will win. <laughs> I'm assuming you know, there's like four team moves playing. Part I'm of, a bad person. I'm sorry. I'm just joking. I mean, Eagle's an incredible disc golfer, but part of his ascension to this kind of elite level of disc golf was the incredible forehand he developed a few years back, that 450-foot forehand. And when I was doing research on the person that sent us the, the Plastic Addicts Habit last week, Brody, Michael. I found in his bio, he actually trained Eagle on how to get his forehand form right so that he could hit that big distance he with did that it. forehand. It was like Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. He got behind him. He rocked with him, put his hand on his hand, and just showed him how to stroke it through and, like, uh, Barger said, slap the ass. Yeah. It, it's an incredible rabbit hole. The more I looked into this guy, he's got his paws in everything. He is just... Probably one of the most important figures in disc golf. I think he also uh, created Bitcoin. I, I'll, I believe it. We found out the secrets out. Sorry, Brody. So it's it's pretty amazing. And I, I there was even a quote that Nate Sexton was like, "I thought I knew about forehands, and then I met Brody, and then I met Brody, and it changed everything." It actually he actually talked about losing confidence as a result of the epiphany that he he witnessed so incredible incredible stuff awesome good stuff so i hear him you want to do a deer review let's do a deer review all right joe it's time for our world famous deer review our disc and beer pairing where we take a disc we take a beer we review them both and let you know whether you should bring it on the course tonight we have the prodigy a2 which is a four speed four glide zero turn three fade approach disc so it's like a a mid putter. So uh, which I, I'd say is that makes sense. So A for approach, but it's a uh, you could call I would call it a mid range, but I guess you could categorize it a putter. But and we're going to pair that with uh, Fly Me Away IPA by Coop Ale Works, which is a seven point six percent alcohol IPA, and both of these, the A two and the beer, was sent to us by Austin Neely who is uh, dyslexic in our Disc Golf Podcast uh, Slack group. I don't know if he's actually dyslexic, but that's his, his username. I'm assuming he is. So we got uh, 63 IBUs. Uh, this is, I believe, Oklahoma is where the beer hails from. 
Yes. So, uh, good times. Where do you want to start, Joe? I'll start with A2. Okay. Um, so, first off, every time anyone brought up the A2 in our Slack group or outside, it was always compared to the zone. Um, and I'll tell you right now, I think with that speed rating and kind of where it sits, it's not necessarily in the same category for me. Very similar. Um, but it... Uh, it feels similar to a zone. It's got a little bit of a dome. We got have it in, in uh, 400 plastic, by the way. Yes. Um, it does have like a little bit of like weird flashing, but nothing they can't handle. Uh, plastic's great. Like I dig. Prodigy does plastic, they, right? They do. Yeah. A little bit of dome on this disc. Yep. yep. Not crazy, but a little bit. Yep. Um, it is a uh, beef monster. It is pretty overstable. Um, more overstable than I actually expected yeah. it to be. Yeah, same. Um, and you can really, really rip on it. Definitely faster um, than a zone. Yep. I was able to throw a zone farther, yes. personally. Yes, me too. Um, uh, but I think that a more powerful arm would be able to get the A2 to go a lot farther um, than, than I can. Well, we've seen Seppo. Yes. Yeah. We've seen and, Seppo and, yeah. smash A2s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of faster to not go further because uh, it hooks up. I mean, with that said, there's never a world where I think you'd have to worry about wind with this disc. It uh, will fight through everything. It's um, it's not as fast as, say, like a Buzz OS or even a Buzz, a Turbulence. Um, well, I'm just talking about overstable yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, got it. Uh, like a Justice, right? Yeah, it's not as fast as those discs. It's faster than Zone. It's like this weird little middle world in between them. Um, but it's super reliable. It's beefy. Uh, I threw some real cool hyzers. Um, I tried to throw a flex, and it was like, nah, I'm going to go left. It's cool. Um, threw some forehands, and the forehands, I think I got enough like torque on it to kind of get it to go straight a little bit longer, to get a little extra glide, which was pretty neat. Um, and I threw some pretty sweet grenades with it. I For me, the forehands were, were what worked the best um, on my shots. I, the, uh, the backhand shots that I threw with it uh, tended to fade out a little bit earlier than I wanted to, but uh, forehands, a little bit more torque, it turned out really great. So, um, those were, those were nice, like a little bit of flex or, or just like a, a straight kind of flat shot with the forehand. I, I really had a, a good shot with it, a little bit forehand, uh, like fan grip type thing. I typically with like mids and, um, and putters, instead of putting both fingers on the rim, I'll put just my middle finger on the rim and I'll splay my, my index finger out on the underside totally. of the flight plate. Um, just to get a little bit more angle control on the on the shot, and got some great, great, nice, accurate throws with it. Doing that, um, and then on the backhand shots, just dependable, dependable stability. I mean, you could you can really get over on it and flex it, and it's going to come back. A nice, nice, overstable approach. You could, I could e- easily see this falling in like my Buzz OS range. I th- I think. And I, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be in that range. Right, we brought zones out to throw. So, it. like, I, I didn't bring a disc out like that, um, whether it be um, that overstable. So, I, I didn't compare it, unfortunately. But to me, it was closer to that range of disc than it was to, like, the zones and the harps and the rats and the, you know, that sort of. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So um, the AVR X3 and, right. and and other other type of overstable definitely totally, putters. Totally. This to me is most certainly a slower overstable mid range. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. and like even you're talking like Gators, way more overstable than a Gator. Oh, way more Gator or a Mortar. Yeah, um, you know, not even really comparable. Nope. So, uh, it's it's definitely highly stable at least the one that we have and this is a 174 gram and like joe said 400 400 400 plastic so so yeah so let's get into the beer because i kind of like if i go any deeper into my thoughts on the a2 i'm going to start kind of giving the wrap up of 
where it stands and 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 whatnot. So let's go to the beer and then we can wrap back up into that. Okay, that sounds good. Um, my first impression was that it was uh just heavy citrus and a little bit like pineapple. Yeah, and a little bit like uh, like. Like carbonated, like like effervescent type thing. Like it's, yeah, it seemed to bubble up on your tongue like pretty quickly, uh, and kind of like um like grapefruit juice, but not like super sweet grapefruit juice. Like it's still got that little tart. Yeah, I mean the, the it says the IBU sixty three. It it's definitely uh, definitely bitter on the yeah on the taste right away. So and a little bit dry, um like towards uh, right away you get that kind of dry flavor to it. Um, on the on the aftertaste and but really just just like a heavy citrus pineapple kind of kind of um you know late hop finish yeah it's a taste little beer though yeah it's it's fruit up front it's um got that sir's got the pineapple it's not uh, it's, it's not although it smells like that and we bring up all of these flavors it's not like a juice ipa it's not like super sweet and like a hazed out beer um it's a little more crisp it's got that it's almost like when you think about like a fizzy water with flavors but then you get more hop and that little dry yeah finish to it so it's nice it's it's even with the drying it is pretty refreshing yeah definitely but yeah it does have a a a bit of a dry finish to it so in terms of uh of course coursableness and uh hydration Sometimes that dryness ends up being a little rough, but you know, I think this one is fine. At seven point six, woo, gonna have a little bit of error in there. There's room for for error. Let's put it that way. So, I mean, overall, it you know, pretty pretty fruity up front, like Joe said, and and then you know, get your citrus and your bitterness comes through the hop flavor and a little bit of a dry finish overall, but fantastic. I, yeah, no, I dig it. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna wrap this one up and then move back into the A2. Okay. Unless you have anything else to no, add for the no, beer. I don't. I would. I would definitely drink this on the course. I think ice cold. It'll smash and be fantastic in the bag. It'll sneak up on you. For a seven six, it's definitely not boozy. Um, it's got that little bitter in it, but there's not. Like I said, there's no like heat. There's no boozy. Yeah. Heat and it's nice. Um, it's the, a little hazy. Yeah. Yeah, totally, but not not or like I said, it's not like a juice haze. Like it's not over the top with it. Um, it's nice, refreshing. I dig it. I I would take it on the course. I doubt we'll ever be able to find it again, but uh, if so, uh, not bad. It's a, it's a nice little beer. Yeah, I I agree with everything you just said. All right, take us back to the A two. All right, so the A two where I was going is it is I think Robin kind of nailed it. It's like a slower, overstable mid. And for me, when I want an overstable mid, like I'm throwing that because I want it to go further. I want to get some extra distance. Yeah. And like the turbulence hits that for me. And I think the same thing for the Buzz OS for you. It's going to have the same stability, but it's going to go way further before it hooks up than the A2 will. Yeah. And even like buzzes go further than yes. the A2. Or I mean zones, sorry. Yeah. Go further than We were throwing zones uh, farther than the A2. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a meat hook, and that's rad. Um, but I just can't think of a time that I really needed that much hook in that short of a distance. Um, yeah, I just can't think of a time that I'm going to try and rip something as hard as I can to go the short that short of a distance and and have it hook up. I'm sure there are spots like. This is the prodigy world. I'm sure there are spots where just like I would pull out like the OGH1 and like super emergency stuff. And at the same time, like if you, you know, are a prodigy player and you don't have a zone, like I get it. I totally get plugging this into that world because you don't have that. Um, But I throw a mixed bag and, and between the shots that I use the zone for and the shots that I use the turbulence for, there's not really a spot in my mind that an A2 is needed. And there are definitely shots that I threw at this that I'm like, oh, that would be nice to, to have that in in my arsenal uh, when I'm on the course. It's not, it, it may be like once around. It, it's like those times where 
the zone on a forehand doesn't fade enough for me. Yeah. Which which is not very often, but No, that's I totally it, know there's, that world. There's yeah. definitely times like like you get a good rip on a zone forehand, it's going to go straight for a while. Yep. And then it's going to fade at the end, but what you really wanted it to do was hook a little harder. Uh, you know, and maybe the Buzz OS is a little too overstable for that. It, like, for me personally, or you're gonna go too far with it just with that yeah. extra speed. So, I like I I see the value in it, and and it is very overstable. Um, and I I could see the flex shots working out really well with it too. So it's it's a fantastic. It's disc. a great disc. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And, yeah. and maybe I didn't. No, I'm 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 getting to basically the same thing you said, which is that between what i have currently and this disc it's it's too it is different categorically different than any other disc that i have in my bag yeah definitely i don't know that it is enough of a difference that it would necessitate having it in there to fill that kind of nuanced gap between currently what i bag the zone and the buzz os right so um, while I, it's I the, see it, the value, I, I just... It's the Venn diagram of those two discs. Yeah, kind of. It's right where they overlap is what the A2 is, yeah. which is awesome, but it's such a small space that there's not really room for it. I think that, that this disc could, could outperform both of those discs with a powerful arm. Yeah. Yeah, with a big old I, I think arm, that, for sure. that someone that is is a absolute monster arm could make the a2 like seppo does go way farther than than either of those discs so yeah no, it's totally got a little agree. dome i feel like it would glide a little bit better um you know if if i had enough power to even notice the glide well and it's <laughs> brand new fresh but they're saying like, they're saying four four you know yeah which i i don't know that i saw the four glide yeah uh, personally Me I, I don't to me, it honestly felt like more of a two glide, um, just because I couldn't get it to really do that. So, I would almost say like three glide, four fade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, uh, it, it's a meat hook, which we love, and by we I mean me and Robin sometimes does. Like I love that part of it. Um, like I said, grenades were super rad with it. Yeah. Uh, I just it's it's so close. To each of those discs, that um, it doesn't really have a place currently. Uh, would I recommend it to someone? For sure, it's a yeah. super cool disc. It's definitely worth throwing and, and figuring out. Um, and I'm sure, like as you beat one in, you can do some some cool ass shit with it too. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, we we're both we're both not going to bag day the two, A2. but intrigued by it. Uh, Fly me away IPA by Coop Aleworks. Uh, definitely uh, go get it if you can find it and and bring it on the course. That that's a fantastic beer. So yeah, I think we both both approve. Yeah, this is a uh, eagle dropping out of Ledgestone to slay Europe. <laughs> How so? It's uh, he's like, eh, I don't really feel like it. Like I'll get it later. Like I'll get the other half later, and in, in Europe's the other half. <laughs> you know, two for two. Yeah, I get or it. Two of two for four. It made sense. Oh, man. It's fine. It totally worked. It did. It did. Nice job. Very well done. Thanks. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, uh, I we had <laughs> we had a we had an outro that was uh that Brody sent to us, but Joe just totally fucked it up. So I'm sorry, Brody. But we'll play your power ballad another time. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that on maybe another episode. I you know honestly, I think that the world would probably just be taken back the disc golf world isn't ready for the the level of of musical expertise that he dropped on us so i agree we'll probably we'll probably wait until everyone's ready for that and just smart smart hang tight so that's all we got for you on this episode of the disc golf podcast thank you very much for listening join our slack group you can go to our website throw stuff at stuff.com there's a join Slack link. It's an awesome disc golf community. You will not regret it. Joe and I will welcome you when you get there. You can find disc golfers in your local area. You can find tips on how to throw better. You can learn about uh, playing disc golf apps on your phone and like how awesome that is. You can you could 
talk about barbecue. Like right, you can learn what uh, shower waffling is. Ma- Who knows? Maybe you learn how to make the best chili dog ever. I I don't know, but you can yes. do all of those things there. So hit it up, throwstuffstuff.com. There's joint Slack link. You also might notice there's a store there. We can buy like disc golf podcast shirts and discs and stuff like that. You might want to try it. I don't know. Maybe you do. Hit up your podcast app and drop five stars on us. Leave a nice review. We love seeing it. And lastly, patreon.com slash the disc golf podcast. Joe and I do a pre-show recording before every single show. It's like getting a second disc golf podcast every single week. Uh, Join Patreon. You'll get access to it and numerous other just amazing perks. I can't even begin to describe them, but they're there, awesome. There, there, there's some videos too. They're, they're definitely real perks that are amazing. So definitely real and not made up right now. Definitely not making that up. It's a real thing. So Patreon.com/slash/thisgolfpodcast. Do it now. You won't regret it. There's like 70 pre-shows backlog. There's so many. So if you crush through our episodes and you're like, I need more DGP, that's what you want. The DGP ness get it in your life so get out there this weekend and throw stuff at stuff this is a song for the aceless but those with aces listen closely you don't always have to hug it hard in fact sometimes that's not right to do Sometimes you got to lay it up And fucking outrun an ace or two Sometimes you got to ease If you wanna put the D's and the B's Sometimes you got to say, hey I'm gonna throw it softly I'm gonna hug it gently I'm gonna flick it Smoothly, I'm gonna toss it so sweetly. And then you say, Hey, I hit some metal. And then you say, Wait a minute, Robin. I think I'm starting to get it now. Could you fill my throat for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite disc? That's cool with me, it's not a trespass, but I guess it works for you. What's your favorite beer? The only answer is an IPA, so let's go to the bar. And then I'm gonna flick it so sweetly. And then I'll fucking hug it softly. And then I'll fucking throw it perfectly. But then I'm gonna hug it.